Hi, I'm Ben Stanhope. I'm Zach Leewald. And I'm David Keener. And welcome to this another late night edition of the Movie Vault. Like every week, we are out. It's one o'clock, but we're outside this time. Yeah. Around a fire. So it's a very cozy environment. It's enjoyable. It's not too chilly. Not too... It's never that hot at night in Ohio, but... Yeah, and, and this environment is one that, that yields some really in-depth and serious conversations about life that we've been having for the last couple of hours. Very, just very genuine, you know, conversations. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, to say the least. Uh, but, but we're not talking about any of that stuff today. We're actually talking about the 1982 movie Tron that I have the director written down as Tron <laughs> because I was just writing things and I just I didn't even write down who directed this I movie. can't believe Tron directed this movie <laughs> it's pretty cool it's actually uh, directed it's an by St- Steven Lisberger oh you got him okay yeah, yeah. and uh, and it, it grossed 50 million dollars on a 17 million dollar budget with a Rotten Tomatoes score of 72% obviously when it came out Rotten Tomatoes wasn't not a thing but now this is a, so I guess I think they rec- retroactively go through the reviews that came out at the time. It's not all like new reviews or anything. So yeah, so uh, that's that's what it got. Yeah, you definitely can't uh, rate it CGI by today's standards. <laughs> It'd be hard. It's I will admit this is a hard movie to fairly rate today because it's just yeah so based in CGI. But we'll get to that. Yeah. But it, Zach, it makes it makes Roblox look like Avengers CGI. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Zach, what would you say about this movie? This movie is like, it's almost like if you were to combine real life with Fortnite, with Tetris, with a couple other video games, and then... Set in the 80s? Yeah, set in the 80s with poor CGI. Yeah, that's pretty, that sums it up. I don't know where the video games come to play, but... Well, the- it's like a video game-esque... I guess that's true. They're playing yeah. all the like, games within. Literally, the boss had one open square to throw the disc through to destroy him. That's yeah. a boss level. And there level. was a boss level, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And, uh, yeah, so so essentially, uh, well, we, we're not in the plot yet. We have to go watch, watch or top notch. Watch. Nope. Okay, okay. I think this. Okay. Uh. I, I say. Uh, the only reason I think you can argue for a watch is because of this place in history in terms of CGI. Like, if you care at all about the history of animation, like, this is kind of probably an important step. Yeah, and watch. So, and some, so, I guess watch because of that. Yeah, I think it was one of the first movies that uh, that used all CGI, CGI for special effects, if I know that right. Because that, sounds, that sounds right. I mean, I can't think of anything it's, else. Yeah, I, it, it definitely looked <clears throat> a lot worse than, like, Star Wars or anything like that, just because they only use CGI and strictly that. But um, it's, yeah. it's interesting. Wait, this came this came out after Star Wars. <laughs> yeah, it right? Did. right. But Star Wars uh, used some uh, CGI, but a lot of practical effects. Like they used a lot of practical effects in Star, Star Wars. Wars yeah. Looked way better than this. That's because they used practical effects. Yeah, but why would they take this route? Because I think they were trying to be revolutionary. Because think about this: is supposed to be a computer game, like computer movie, not like a sci-fi movie. Uh, it is a sci-fi movie, but it's not supposed to be based in space or anything. It's supposed to be based in a computer. Yeah. So this would be the route that you'd want to take if if you were going to do that and try to be revolutionary in some regard. Or take a practical effect route, make the movie look great, and then wait till computers <laughs> catch up. Well, the practical effects that they did have would be costuming, right? And that looked, yeah. that looked pretty bad. To they be it did look because bad. Because it contrasts bad with they the They could have changed those costumes. Okay, so the costumes were bad, but you, but the, um, what you, what they had to do, they had to splice each 
frame of the face onto the thing by frame. And oh, that I, sounds annoying. And I, I was watching this thing on it. I don't remember what it was, but um, and also the animation. What they would do is they would ha you would write down like for the animators back then. They would write down like these sheets, and these sheets would just contain a bunch of numbers, and the numbers would like correspond to like locations. So the animators would literally just write numbers and then send them to like the animation like rendering area, and then they would render like the numbers. So the animators were literally just writing numbers down. It wasn't any like you didn't. Oh do my it. goodness! Like yeah. like that. That's like insane. They put a ton of work into this. That seems very inefficient. Yeah, well, th that's the thing. So you have to look at it like. Like, oh, wow, they're the first ones to do this. But they obviously weren't trying to make it look like the best considering. But, like, you also have to remember if you did, like, use models. Like, that's what uh, Star Wars yeah, did, Star I Wars believe. Yeah, Star Wars used a lot of models, yeah. They used a lot of models. And, like, it would be kind of hard to, like, make models that look computer-generated. Especially when, back in the 80s, you're used to, like, computer generation being kind of low quality. Yeah. So... So it would make sense if you're going inside a computer game that the that the imagery is used as low quality. And that's why I think when you're judging this film critically, you almost have to just forget about the animation and just kind of focus on the story because there's almost no way to fairly judge and critique it other than being like, it was impressive. Because this is still like, I, it reminds me of a really bad like early 2000s animation like TV show knockoff thing. But the fact mm -hmm. that they were doing it before anybody had anything better, and now there's still like people who are making animation of the same quality because they don't have enough money. <laughs> so yeah. it's like it's you kind of have to view it through that lens instead of being like it just sucks and it is kind of distracting now. Mm -hmm. So so maybe the thing about this movie is it probably didn't age that well. But no, at it the really time, didn't. And, and anything that pushes the boundaries as much as this did probably won't. And that's why Disney probably saw potential in it to like make a remake or not a remake exactly not a remake but like a sequel sequel ish kind of thing so the plot of this movie i'm gonna have david explain this because i'm gonna be honest i kind of didn't understand exactly everything that was going on even though we had subtitles on the whole movie i still struggled <laughs> to get a grasp of everything because they just kept up making up all these words and it was it's confusing they're hoping that you kind of grab onto what everything means but yeah, a lot, of, a lot of the words were technical. Not all of them were, like, like I don't know, like, technical. They, they might have been technical terms, but they could have been used incorrectly or whatever. They just kind of, like, throwing them out there to sound, like, techie, I guess. Exactly. But, um, which is interesting because with all the CGI they had, none of, like, the writers, like, really knew what was going on, I guess. But, um... But, yeah, so essentially the whole... It, it's not that intricate of a plot, so... Like, the beginning of the movie starts with, of course, uh, uh, Dillinger, what's his name? Edward Dillinger. Edward Dillinger, yeah. yeah. Uh, he, and he's, like, s senior executive, uh, CEO or something, president, and, and he has control of the company, it looks like, and there's the master control, and then there's, uh, Flynn, who's been fired, uh, and he has had games stolen from him. And the whole movie is just about getting those games back and, and I guess, kind of sidetracking by... Like, if, if he wasn't sucked into the whole area or whatever, like, the movie would have been really short. It would have just been kind of, like, over immediately. But, uh, of course, that's not how it happens. He gets sucked into... Or Flinda <laughs> gets sucked into. And he has to work with Tron, who is a program that Alan makes to uh, help remove the 
MCP or the Master Control Program. So, yeah, so the whole movie is just them trying to take it out. They have to go through a few things, and that's essentially it. And at the, in the end, Flynn gets back control over the company. So, And Jeff Bridges is in there. Yeah, Jeff Bridges. Yeah, Jeff Bridges plays the guy Flynn. from The Big Lebowski, or, and you can sound, you can hear his voice from The Big Lebowski when he talks. It's really distracting, actually. <laughs> or Iron Man. Yeah. But he's more bald than Iron Man. Yeah, he looks he looks different because I've seen him more like in newer movies, like bearded and stuff like that. But yeah, he's like he's like like all bald, and he's, like, I didn't he's recognize beard, him until yeah. a couple minutes in. So yeah. Yeah, he definitely looked different in the '80s. I kind I kind of like his look though. Yeah, he he now has embraced his. Uh, so people don't understand. I, I'm gonna get on a tangent here, but the Big Lebowski <laughs> actually like changed his whole career image, kind of in a way because that movie had su- has such a cult following. There's people who practice a uh, semi-religious thing called Dudism, and he sort of like embraced that a little bit in terms of like being the the quote-unquote leader he's not really that involved in it i'm sure but there's like conventions Uh for this stuff and things and so now he has like long hair and beard more often now that's not always true obviously in other movies he he changed his look to fit whatever he had to play like he didn't have a long long hair and he was bald right and iron man yeah he was bald so but he's he's a good actor but this i i think probably most people wouldn't view wouldn't remember necessarily this part of his career as much as the later part of his career yeah i don't yeah he wasn't really uh that involved. I know in in the second Tron Tron Legacy, he did show up again, and they used uh, they used like CGI to like remake him as a young. And honestly, it looked kind of bad, but in 2011, it was pretty good, considering. Definitely wasn't like Star Wars level. Which, uh, re- which one do you like better, the 2011 one or the 1982? You, I would have to say I'd like the 2011 one better, just because the aesthetics are a lot better in that one, and it's it's a whole different feel. They they almost like they have kind of like the same story, but like things were completely different. It's a lot more realism in uh in the newer one, and things like uh, all the programs that the users make look exactly like them. That's not really a thing anymore. It's more like uh, Clue was just like a clone, like a digital clone of Flynn. So. And I don't think we stated this, but we brought David on because he really likes the movie Tron. And yeah, yeah, Tron Legacy is one of my favorite movies. I I think, and I, it's just it's a neat movie. I think that the story like could have been a little bit better because it's just kind of straightforward. But it's a very very cool movie. The music's amazing. I love Daft Punk. So see, this is yeah. David's reasoning is the reason why I like my favorite movies too. You can have a movie that has the plots like, eh, it's all right. <laughs> but if you to elevate the style and the music to be uh, like A-tier, a, a top-level stuff, it doesn't matter really what the plot is. So style over substance all the way. Like the, That's the same way with me and Donnie Darko. Like, I think it's kind of pseudo-intellectual, but everything else about it makes me like it. <laughs> yeah, so. yeah. Definitely, I would agree. Donnie Darko is actually one of my favorite well, movies. Well, at well, the end so. of the day, is it is it about the facts in the movie or is it about how the movie made you feel? I think it's how it made you feel. I, I agree. I think it's the feelings, which feelings are extremely subjective to, from person to person, and that's what truly makes art subjective. No. But it's not. It's uh-huh. what we say, you know. Yeah, also. that that's one of the reasons why when I watch, like, if we want to go into Avengers, I liked uh, I liked Endgame more than Infinity War, and I know a lot of people are going to, like, 
hate on me for that. But uh, there's like the feeling after Endgame, like it over. It's like it's just like it's just amazing. Like I I don't know like Iron Man's legacy or whatever, then Captain America's legacy. And if you watch all the movies leading up to it, you just are like you're just kind. It's kind of like awe and breathtaking and stuff like that. But like Infinity War, it was just like. Like, as soon as they all, like, disappeared, you're like, yeah, yeah, right, Marvel. Like, you knew they were going to bring them back. So, but, but then people would argue the story in Infinity War is better than in Endgame. I, I would actually agree, but, yeah. I, but I still liked uh, Endgame better. For me, I'm, I'm not about the satisfaction. I'm about the build-up. So I, I like Infinity War better because I love the, I love the tensions building up. Um, yeah, it was, that, Infinity War was a great movie, regardless of which one's better. So I like Infinity War Thanos way better. It would have been so cooler. much. Yeah. Uh, I, I was gonna say something, but I also don't know. I I don't know how to bleep things out, so I'm gonna rephrase it. Um, I think it would have been so much cooler if uh, if they would have just ended Infinity War with everyone dying and just been like, "Yep, this is the end," because that would just be like everyone would be so mad, and I think that would be super baller if they would have done that. But yeah, but they set up so many franchises they're too much, already. They're too much scaredy cats to do that. <laughs> no, they're too greedy. Yeah. I don't yeah, think they're, they're afraid. Greedy. I think no, that that is the problem. That's why Scors- people like Martin Scorsese don't like superhero movies because it like turns, and it's not even like they're bad. It's more that the repetitiveness of it turns it into a cash cow, and then that kind of takes away from the your ability to enjoy. Uh, but we're not here to rat on. Yeah. Be, yeah, but to, hold on. To go back it. on Martin's claim, I will say that like although it does take away from the films that are trying and you know they're artsy <laughs> and stuff. I do think that there is something to be said about a big cinematic universe that's just kind of come up in the past 10 years. That That is true. And this is Martin Scorsese who's made like five mob movies that are like similar to each other, kind <laughs> of. So I don't know that he can talk a whole lot about like uh, being annoyed at repetitiveness, I guess. or or, or the, And his, he's had his fair share of films that have made millions of dollars, so um, he might not be the best person to talk about that, but... But he, he probably raises some interesting arguments. Yeah, but that was why Donnie Darko was so good. It was because at the end, it wasn't a happy ending. It wasn't a sad ending because because a lot of things were saved because because yeah. what yeah because what he did like kind of like saved reality in some sense. I don't know. It's, it's very intricate. But uh, but it, but it wasn't like this happy ending. But it was just like after you've watched it, you're like, whoa, what just happened? It was just I don't know. I just love it. Yeah, anything uh. that blows your mind. And yeah. then keeps you coming back. That's a good movie. Um, I th- I, another thing, I'm sorry, this is not the movie at all, but another thing that I think added to the Endgame thing is we we kind of knew what was going to happen, but we had to wait 10 years for it. And I think it finally happening is what made people so, so excited about it. So in some ways it. you could say that, that superhero movies are overstimulating because they release like three of them every year, at least in Marvel. But in other words, you could say that you actually have to be really patient because it takes so long to develop every character and they yeah. take the time. Because it's quite literally the, the we are not just going to, it's like you take a movie and you're like, well, they only develop two or three characters. So we're going to take the time to give all the main characters a trilogy, build them up in these main movies. So if you're looking at it from that way, and maybe and it's that it's the combination of that. They didn't have a choice. They, it, in order to make a cinematic universe, you have to latch on to something like comic books because it's only the only thing that's big enough. To, to do something like that. It has characters that have already been developed enough to a point that you can take them. Because, I mean, you can't make a cinematic 
You can, I guess. You, I mean, things like Game of Thrones kind of do that too, but yeah. they're TV shows. But to make take a completely original idea and try to make a cinematic universe of it would well, be hard. Well, Game of Thrones was off the book because, too. Because people already know they want to watch a, a Marvel movie if you if you make Iron Man. And they didn't plan it out that much because they didn't know how successful Iron Man was going to be. But when, when you start to realize the, the, the success that they had... Then you know, but people already want to go watch a movie about Captain America. If you just come up with some random character, people don't even know that they want to watch this person on the screen. So yeah. you have to stick with something that's already known. Yeah. All right. Anyway, back to the actual movie. Yeah, yeah. I was gonna say the core of the movie is you should have joined me. Would have would have made a great team, Edward Dellinger. I don't know. I just picked. I just that was his. That, that was his. Uh, that was just a line. His, that, that, that was his program. Actually, <laughs> technically, I don't. Oh, his program. I don't remember what his it program. It was Stew. 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 Yeah. Yes. Um. I, 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 why did I pick that one as the best quote of the movie? Because it's the most cliche thing that you could ever say. <laughs> it is it, honestly very cliche, but. Yeah. So I guess I don't know what I'm trying to say by picking something that's cliche. There's probably some other good quotes in there, but I don't. I don't know. There's a lot of things about programs and. There were some weird noises that people made. I don't know. Jeff Bridges made some weird, like, he was like, what was that one scene that he was like, because they stole it from, I don't know. He was like, oh, yeah, oh, yeah. They stole it from me. Yeah. He's like, because, man, or something like that. Because, man. Yeah. yeah. He, was like, he just, like, exploded out of nowhere. <laughs> it was kind of like a jump scare almost. It was, it was kind of funny. But though. a lot of people had many other opinions about this movie. And that includes, um, I forget what his name is, Mike Massey. From Gone with the Twins, ha <laughs> 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 uh, you know, like Gone with the Wind. Mike but, Massey, you're so funny. The, okay, uh, <laughs> <laughs> Mike, A plus for your comedic timing. Uh, uh, he says the first part of the movie makes very little sense, throwing jumbled gobs of jargon at the viewer in the hopes that they'll just accept the overload of information. Yeah. That's kind of, that kind of sums up the whole movie, to uh, be honest. To but. be honest, yeah, I don't really have too many disagreements with this. So, Matt, we will tell you, you can always be a pessimist, and we're happy that you are, because we kind of agree with you. Welcome to the Movie Vault family, Matt. <laughs> Matt, you're not like A.O. Scott. We have some A.O. Scott news, though. Yes. We're going to have a new segment called A.O. Scott News. <laughs> I'm going to come up with something to say every week. We're, we're adding this into the into the lineup. Here. So, <laughs> so uh, A.O. Scott was referenced on our, our first Movie um, Vault episode. No, maybe it was our second one. Whatever one he was on. We all, we were just thought his name was hilarious, and we didn't agree with this review, but yeah, I think it was it was good time. Yeah, I think yeah, that it we was. talked about A.O. Scott. And so anyway, I was looking at posters when I was making an Instagram post last week because we reviewed Master and Commander, Far Side of the Ocean, and I noticed that A.O. Scott was on the the poster saying that Master and Commander was the best movie of the year. Yeah, right. So I don't. I'm, I'm gonna go fact check A.O. Scott here. What? So, Master and Commander came out in 2003, I think. Yes, 2003. So, I'm going to look up what movies came out in 2003, and then we're going to see whether he was right. <laughs> Uh-oh. Please. If it's Master and Commander, that's it's disappointing So, here. we got um, we got Big Fish, okay? That's one of my favorite movies. So, I already disagree with him. Uh, Kill Sp Bill? Kill Bill, Volume 1. Okay, that's better. How could you even, like, put... So he's certified wrong, basically. But Bad Boys 2 came out in 2003. <laughs> well, I'm just saying. I've never watched Bad Boys 2, but I'm sure it's better. Uh, uh, I then... watched it. It was, uh... I don't know. Average. <laughs> Average. <laughs> yeah. Lost in Translation came out. I, it's a movie that I'm, I'm going to watch. House of... Th 
House of a Thousand Corpses came out. All right. Anyway, A.O. Scott, would, you're I wrong. Would, I would watch Master and Commander over House of a Thousand Corpses, and I have seen both. Kill of them. Bill came out in the same year as Master and Commander, so A.O. Yeah. Scott is wrong. Yeah, and and yeah, I'm sure there's other movies. I mean, Too Fast, Too Furious. Come on, man. Too Fast, Too Furious. That's, that's, ac- that's actually a good one. It's the, the one where they have to move the help the drug trade go down. I've never watched it, but I just know it's one of the best titles ever created. Okay, so yeah. A.O. Scott, you're wrong. And this is week one of us <laughs> telling you why. Okay. Um, so, say you get stuck in a video game, all right? And you're uh, on a Tron. You build a house in the video game. You need to get call a video game person within the video game, another program, to uh, get some insurance on that video game house that you built. Insurance program. So, uh, to, to, to a person in this predicament, I would say, call Henman Anglin Agency, because they would love to save you money on a home insurance, and on home insurance, <laughs> I'm like, I, th- I think you also could call it house insurance, home, it is home insurance, typically. Is the house your home? Yes. Yes. But is, home is where the heart is, though. No. That's not true. Your heart Materialism is Materialism all the way. You. Your house, how big your house is determines your value as a human being. Definitely. Um. They, they could also save you on auto, so those little cycles that they were driving around. Yeah, what are some auto insurance? What were those called? Yeah, life cycles. some of those got got destroyed. Yeah, I bet they wish they had insurance on those. After. Yeah. yeah, so we would have, let's say that you should call 614-486-7300. That's 614-486-7300. And the, the folks over at Hedman Anglin Agency will get you helped out with all your insurance need, even if you live within a video game. Although, if they don't live within a video game, I'm not sure how you would contact them, but... I think they might have a representative down in the video game world. Yeah. Not totally 100% sure on that, but they might. Might need a higher broker or something. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, have some pr- have some pride of ownership and, uh, and call them. Yeah. Because you need your house insured, and you have to have your auto insured. It's the law, I think. I'm pretty sure it's a law that you have. Auto you insurance? Have, you have to have liability. Yeah. So. Okay. So now we're going to our system of rating, which we are not using numbers for. We're just going through the categories and talking about them. Um, so... Sentimentally, what are your memories with this movie, everyone? Are we talking more like personal sentiment? Pen- personal sentiment. Yeah. That's what, what does it sentiment. mean to you, David? Honestly, make you like un- honestly, it just means this was the idea behind one of my favorite movies. So, so, okay. I, so I see where they came from. I see what they tried to accomplish. It was a, it was pr- like a decent movie, but it just wasn't enough to like make me love it. But okay. I think that that uh, later people took the better like the better parts from that and i made into something great so very good very good i have not watched the whole tron tron uh legacy legacy, and i don't really think that i had the greatest first experience because i was in like a a van we're going (laughs) we 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 had like we're watching on like an iphone 7 iphone 7 and then we had a splitter and and then put another splitter in it so that three people could listen to it and i just could not watch it that way and i was like i'm don't get what's going on and I didn't really have enough time to focus. So I think it's kind of unfair my my uh what what I currently think of Tron Legacy, but I've also never finished watching it so I don't have any official ratings for Tron Legacy or anything. But since I don't have as much experience with this, I would just say this was kind of just an the only thing that was kind of intriguing was how bad the animation was. <laughs> so that kind of stood out, but not necessarily in a good way. That's kind of where I'm at. And I, I really liked Tron Legacy growing up. Uh I mean, I'm going to be honest, this was not at all what I was expecting from the first Tron. I was expecting more of a Blade Runner type of thing. Yeah. Um, but 
like even even the discs that they threw in Tron Legacy, I was like, oh, that's so cool! I can't wait to see that in the original. And they this were like, like frisbee. Yeah, it was li- they were literally frisbees. <laughs> like with a swirly thing on it. And they even had like the indent of frisbees. Like yeah, it was in the exact form of a frisbee. I do remember that the the uh, animate the whatever you call an- yeah, I guess it'd be animation or whatever the visual CGI. effects. Oh, and CGI. Yeah. In Tron Legacy, were so much more impressive than this movie. Oh, like, Tron Legacy was one of the better. Uh, I think is one of the best special effects uh, I've I've ever seen. There, it's just a beautiful movie. I, yeah. I don't know any way else to put it. And especially, if it came out in 2011, of course. And this is only like, like this is within like 10 years of uh, Star Wars One coming out. What was that movie officially called? I forget the. A New Hope? No, the one, the which Star Wars? The prequel. Oh, number episode one. Episode uh, one. Fan, yeah. A Phantom Menace. Phantom Menace, which was it. absolutely atrocious in terms. The, of it was CGI. atrocious. Yeah, and I if you it. saw the CGI on there, atrocious. It's just, it's just I don't even consider that to be a remotely good movie. This movie. and yet Ben hates that movie, but he likes the Last Jedi. Yes, <laughs> I the the Phantom Menace is definitely worse than Tron. I'm just saying that. Yeah. Um, okay. Which Tron? Which Tron? Both probably. Okay. I, I might agree with you. And I don't probably know. the the second one too. I don't like that one either. The that second much. one just there's just not a lot happening. Yeah, uh, but I like it. Clone Wars. I like the I like okay the th- I like the, the third one. We though. just can't talk about Star Wars because we have <laughs> drastically well maybe me I have drastically different opinions on what makes a good Star Wars movie. Yeah, it's interesting because I always like thought like growing up that everyone had like similar like they're like okay like four five and six were well, pretty good it's like it's, it's really it's like the good. prequels because they grew up with them i can't really i don't know get behind that number even three but people that appreciate even clone wars those Sith, are the real i'm not people. the biggest fan of it even though it's mm-hmm. a lot more watchable i love three people that can appreciate clone wars though i like the clone those, wars. those that's that's a good thing to appreciate Okay, um, how about the message? What, what was the... Uh, is there really even... What, what are you supposed to learn from this movie? Um, um, how to, uh, to... Okay, here's the message. So, the, the main character... Um, what's it? Jeff Bridges. Uh, mm-hmm. Whatever, Clue. Jeffrey. Flynn. Flynn. Yeah. Um, kisses the uh, other main character. Oh, yeah, yeah, the, uh, What's the other he main cl- character? He kisses, name? like... Uh, Yuri. I think that's her Yuri. name. Yuri. Yuri, yeah. or Tron's girlfriend. He, like, kisses Tron's Tron girlfriend. girlfriend. He kisses Tron's girlfriend, and then Yuri's just, like, super into it, and then she just goes back and kisses Tron. Yeah, within what five is minutes. Within yeah. five minutes. So I'm trying to figure out what was going on there. Like, Yeah, that, that seems always perplexed me because I, like, understand, like, if in the movie or something like that, they're like, oh, she, she's of- not that faithful. But, like... At the end of the movie, it just made like literally no sense. I I feel like they wanted like Flynn to kiss somebody. They're like, okay, we gotta have a kissing scene. We gotta have Jeff Bridges kissing scene. They're like, who's he gonna kiss? And they're like, so they just like th- threw her in. And I was like, okay, before he jumps in, we're yeah, just that's gonna what's the problem with having kiss, only like, one woman in a movie. <laughs> yeah, they literally had like one woman in that whole movie. Because then there's only yeah. one woman to kiss. That's obviously yeah. the only problem. And with you need that. every guy character to kiss someone. Right. Yeah. Right. Otherwise, your uh, female audience will be unsatisfied. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. Definitely. <laughs> so it's it's all about. They were like, okay, how can we cause some drama so that we can have some tabloid articles pick up what's going on in this movie? <laughs> all right. I don't, that has nothing to do with message, but I thought there's I'd bring no it up message. there. There's not really a message. It's just the average hero's journey. I don't even know not what it is. The hero's journey. It's just a <laughs> it's bunch just, of. It's just a journey. <laughs> 
Yeah, it's it, a journey for the viewers, honestly. Yeah, but it's interesting how the movie shifts from like being about Alan Bradley to being more about uh, Flynn. That's true. And I thought that was always weird because like it's just like such a contrast flip. Like it, it follows follows Alan the whole movie, and then it just flips to Flynn, and it never flips back again. Like because you you could see it as in okay, well Tron kind of takes place or whatever, but it never really flips again. It's about the story is about Flynn, even though at the beginning we were kind of like looking more about at. Uh, Alan, so that's true. Yeah, and it's called Tron, but it ends up being about Flynn. So why didn't they call it Flynn? Yeah, you know, I guess Flynn does not sound as good as Tron. But they could have named him something. I mean, else. They, they, what was his name in the world? His name wasn't Flynn in the world, or was or was that? Yeah, but they could have just called him Tron. I know. What do you mean, like Flynn's program? Flynn's you know, program was Clue in this movie. Yeah, yeah. Don't call it Clue. That gets confused with the board game. Yeah, I get confused with the other Clue, who's not. It's not the same Clue. The um. So the, so he has a program and clue in this movie and it's not the same clue it's just some program he wrote and and the second Tron Legacy he has a program named Clue too but he it's an exact duplicate of himself as an electronic duplicate with with the only difference being it has like a set priority or something like yeah. that the perfect system which we'll have to go into a different yeah. time but. So plot's the next category so does anyone have anything to add on to plot from what we already talked about No yeah, I would just say the plot had... It seemed like the plot followed what they wanted to include in the movie. So they, they were like, okay, we want to have like, we want to have this big fight or whatever at this place, and we know you have that. And then they kind of like made the plot like turn and weave to like fit those So they had these those story things. points that yeah. they wanted to fit, and they just had to write in between those yeah, points, that's, basically. Yeah, that's what it seems to me. I mean, that sounds like a, a meeting, like <laughs> people had. I guess when you could still see the meeting that they had in the movie, maybe they didn't like go <laughs> yeah. deep enough into what the plot needed to be. Yeah. Where you can still envision a bunch of executives sitting around a table talking about what the movie should be. Yeah, uh -huh. probably didn't get to the point. Not uh, a good sign. Character arcs. What? How, what are the arcs? So, so I'm trying to think. Well, like, what realizations did they money. have? Money. Money. He got his money. So that's the. Arc. Yeah. He, well, he got controlled income. He so, wanted yeah. his money. And then he got it, so he didn't really change any. <laughs> yeah, not he really. He just accomplished his mission. Because remember, he came in being like, "Oh yeah, I'm, I'm like the best at video games," and he leaves like being like, "Oh yeah, I, I I'm, I'm just gonna, I've got uh, user powers. Dude. I'm just gonna jump into a big laser beam." You know, he never like he, he's he was just cocky the whole movie, and he never really Did moved Flynn on. Did Flynn ever lose anything in this whole movie? Not really. <laughs> That's what I was gonna say. Like, what was the conflict? Because he always, well, no matter what situation he was in. The, all the conflict came from uh, that guy Ram dying, and yeah, and uh, the other characters had to experience all the. The only thing was at the end when he had to get help from Alan to kill the boss because yeah, because well, yeah. Stu like resurrected or something. Yeah, but it was it was it was interesting because like I don't feel like Flynn would be like the person to like like go like self-sacrifice it doesn't seem like it doesn't seem like that fits his character very no much. it does it kind of like they're just like okay so how are we going to send him back uh he jumped in the laser beam you know just sacrifice himself and give a legacy to tron which is ironic but uh you know yeah yeah um okay so that's that's it with character arcs i guess cinematography man there's a lot to cover here I mean, in the real world, world situations, I think the cinematography was average, but like yeah, it's average. It's nothing like crazy. But like in the actual thing, like we, we how do you, you how, how cinematography do you, for claymation? Yeah. Well, the thing is, animation doesn't even fit under cinematography because yeah. cinematography would be 
Like, oh, I guess you could. only now has animation gotten to the point that you think about, wow, they really set up the angles of, like, how they animated this. Because I, I think yeah. of a movie like Soul, and, like, you can look at that movie and be like, look at how they, like, it feels like there's a little animated guy who is just standing there filming the movie, like, in some yeah. parts at least. And then in this movie, it's just like you're just so focused on, like, the animation that you don't really notice any of that. If you ever use, like, a like a CADing software like SolidWorks or anything like that, that's kind of how it felt to me. Like, it felt like a invisible camera, like, looking at, looking at, like, the models or whatever right so it moved moved around but very unnaturally for like an actual camera it moved in like in like points or whatever so it moved from this point to this point like at a certain speed and then it moved from this point to this point at a certain speed so it didn't feel very natural it was just felt very even that one scene when the camera like tilted a little bit it like tilted and then stopped and then went to the next scene yeah so it was i don't know yeah, it, it, it's choppy. It's yes. choppy. It's yeah, very, not yeah, great. That, that's that's a good way to put it. Yeah. And the animation, if we're fitting that into here, our style is just obviously uh, it's a new a new frontier. So it's, you have what you get. You, you you get the bad guy is literally a giant cylinder with a cone. At the and top. I can already yeah. hear some of our listeners thinking like, oh, these these Gen Zs just complaining because it's not up to their CGI standards these days. They're so they're so ungrateful. But like, come on. Come on, like, I mean, just, you try to watch this. I'm just kidding. Yeah, and, it, it, and it's like, they had, I mean, they had some kidding, ability, but. like, because, like, Star Wars came out before that. And we think that, and, and no one's ever been like, oh, yeah, Star Wars looks so fake. Like, no one's ever said so that. So the really. question, I think, is really, was the decision to go so CGI with everything the right decision? No. Yeah, so they were the first, but being the first kind of, well... One of the first, at least. First is the worst. Yeah. At what cost? <laughs> yeah. What cost did you? I mean, a lot of money. I'm sure. Seven yeah. million dollars is the. Cost, I guess. They, but... I guess they made plenty off of it, though. I mean, which they, is it was a commercial it success. Like, yeah. I'm not arguing that it wasn't that it didn't make money. Yeah, it was interesting. Like, I don't know exactly what kind of demographic they were hoping to. Uh, uh, teenage help. guys. Yeah, I guess so because uh, or younger than that. Yeah, but it's kind of like it's kind it's, of like somewhat of a nerdy movie. It's a nerdy movie. Yeah, that's true. But they try to portray gamers as guys who would just, like, be picking up chads. all the ladies. Yeah, kind of chads, which has never really been the image that gamers have had in society, I don't think. But Not in really. the movie, in this movie at least, I was to try to, uh, they were trying to, you know, create their own frontier in terms of what, how people who are good at video games and programming were viewed. Yeah, Flynn, Jeff Flynn, Bridges Flynn's is good like, with, yeah, just good, he was like, he was confident with girls, he was... He was uh, outgoing. He looked good. He, he was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah you just, and then, then he was really, you just a smart genius too. Like, ev- not everyone can have everything, but in this movie, uh, Flynn seemed to have everything. Zach and I talked about and outside the vault before this about how it doesn't seem like you can have all the characteristics that everyone wants you to have. Like, if you're super intelligent, then you often, like, often have more trouble socially, or if you're if you're socially, then maybe, uh, you know, confident, maybe you have other areas that you, maybe you have b- more body image problems or, like, uh, or you aren't as intelligent as somebody else. It's just, like, you never get all of the things that you want, but it seems like this guy had them. Yeah. For the most part. So they based this movie off the Movie Vault podcast. So, yes. <laughs> yeah, so they went forward in time, listened to our episode, our Outside the Vault episode. And then ignored it. And then ignored <laughs> it. And we're like, no, that's that's dumb. Of course you can have that. Yeah. Um, let's see. What's next? Uh, originality. Well, I think we can at least admit that this movie was fr- pretty original. Yeah. It's, pretty, it's pretty groundbreaking. I'll give yeah, them credit. It was very, very good. Good job. 
Good yeah. job, good job, buddy. Yeah, yeah, good, good job, job Tron, for good directing job, this movie. Yeah, I, I'm sure there was a lot of people other than Steven, but good job, Steven. Yeah. Imagine if Tron actually directed this movie. That'd the be that'd Tron. be pretty. In, yeah. Well, you know what? The first time. Imagine, imagine the first movie directed by an AI. That's what I was just thinking. Yeah. Like Elon Musk creates an AI that can direct movies, and it's like Martin Scorsese's like, this is terrible for the movie industry, and then he like makes something that's better than Martin Scorsese has ever made. <laughs> yeah. The AI does. It's and it's like, just based on algorithms so, of what so the people, yeah, what what the people algorithm want. Would be. Yeah. So you take the list, the the top 1,000 most respected movie critics, then you take their top 100 list, and you would put them all together, and you would take all the aspects that you think were good out of them in an algorithm, and then you would make that into a single movie. Yeah, but then, but that, that would be sounds... that would be more of a critics movie. If you yeah. wanted, to, if you were looking for, because if you're thinking about this, office. it's all about the money. Movies are all about the money, so you would you would I have to more like take that, like a survey. Right. Yeah. So they just make another comic book movie, basically. Essentially, yeah. essentially, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, or a sequel to something. They're like, actually, I think the answer is that we just need a uh, another 101 Dalmatians movie. So. Or hey guys, we're bringing back Captain America <laughs> with yeah. Chris Evans. Robot. <laughs> Chris so, Evans-tron. Chris Evans is gonna play Iron Man in the reboot of the MCU. <laughs> My goodness. And Robert Downey Jr. is gonna but play he's gonna Captain be, America. He's gonna be older, so like it'll be like gray-haired Iron Man. Because this will be when Chris Evans is a little older. When they're actually, because I I just wonder what will happen when they actually try to reboot the entire MCU. When they're like, okay, we've done enough things, we're gonna try to like actually reboot the entire thing. Yeah. In my opinion, they'll never make a better Iron Man than Iron and then Robert. Downey how Jr. long like, will you give them until they are like, we're just gonna remake Iron Man? Like, they, I, I don't think they ever years? can. I mean, Iron there's Man, like what five Batman's, yeah. three Hulks, three Spider Men, and five five Supermans, yeah. and then how many Iron Man? One. 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 And it's because Iron Man was like a B-list superhero until this movie. Yeah. yeah, and that's what and that's why I was. Interesting, because no one ever done that before. How many Ghostwriters are there? Only one, Nicolas Cage. <laughs> <laughs> it had nothing to do with it being no, like a two. bad movie. There's two. There's one right? in the, the Agents of Shield. Oh dang! Oh, there's Nicolas Cage. Ah, uh, uh, I can't wait until the Nicolas Cage movie that he plays himself. Yeah, yeah, I heard about that. <laughs> wait, what? There's a Nicolas Cage movie coming out that he's playing him himself. Who's directing that? Uh, some guy Nicolas who's Cage. known for no, making I'm Tron. It's Tron, Tron's second movie coming out. Nicholas Cage. Nicholas Cage as himself. I need to watch like the good Nicholas Cage movies because they do exist. It's called The Unbelievable Weight of Massive Talent. And who's it directed by? Uh Gornikin. Who's this guy? Nicholas Cage my Oh yes. Okay. It's uh, Tom Gornikin. Never and, heard of him. Uh, no, this is the person who wrote the script. I have no idea who's directing it. Oh, yeah. But anyway, it's it's the movie is called The Incredible Weight, The Unbearable Weight of Massive Talent, and Nicolas Cage is gonna play himself, and that sounds amazing. We should do that. <laughs> so when that comes out, we'll probably review that. Um, other, and meanwhile, we need to go watch the other Nicolas Cage movies like Face Off and Con Air and National Treasure and Mandy and whatnot. So that we can really study up on Nicolas Cage. He's in so many movies. I, I think he's won an Oscar. Like, uh... Or was nominated for one. Which is crazy because most people are like, he's a terrible actor. Well, National Treasure is pretty good. 
Didn't someone say in Ghost Rider they like CGI yeah, won, ad abs on him or he something? He won Best Actor in Leaving Las Vegas. So mm-hmm. we need to watch that movie. Didn't better. they like CGI abs on him in Ghost Rider? Yes, they did. That, that's it hilarious. It was horrendous I, looking and yeah. it was also funny. So I was like, man, this, if Nicolas Cage looks this good, I feel kind of bad about myself. You don't worry, you know, he doesn't. He doesn't actually look that good. <laughs> um... Okay, acting and style. Let's kind of acting's it's great. I mean, whatever. Jeff Bridges is good. Everyone's yeah. good. Well, yeah, there were some pro- there were some parts where I felt like it was a little bit like weird. But David Warner as Edward Dillon. I'm gonna be honest. I thought it was terrible. Okay, <laughs> actually, was terrible. other than okay, Je- okay. I, I'm, I'm gonna say I, I would give it a four out of ten. Like if I was had to rate it, and the reason why is because there's just some scenes that just don't. Okay, feel Okay, you're right. right. Now that I think about it, you're right. Because uh, a lot of the acting was very out uh, weird. Because um, remember when uh we made our movie like when we were 12 or whatever, yeah. and we were having people like talk to machines or like it's like in a phone and there there was really no one there remember yeah. like you would talk to joseph or whatever o- over the phone at in, in the big spy and we try to spy like, base which is actually my father's uh uh i i uh yeah it was a front office his, his, <laughs> yeah. his optometry office is a front to the spy organization yeah the because secret. there were spy glasses on the wall for sure yeah. but no uh but <laughs> but remember we were just like talking it sounded and, like you watched it and it sounded so unnatural like as soon as like the first scene where he talks it, talks to mcp he's like like it just sounded so unnatural it was like oh hey mcp or something like that yeah people it, have it, definitely it, got a lot better at talking to things that aren't there since yeah this movie came it, it sounded it sounded it sounded bad and then there were other times where um whoever plays alan bradley he's just he just sometimes just sounded like weird like like all of a sudden i don't know it's some of the dialogue just didn't seem now and like after like they enter like the digital world i think it like becomes more vague and i think the acting gets a little bit better there but um but yeah, I would say though Jeff Bridges definitely definitely pulls his own weight in acting because he he did uh, he was easily the best actor in that. Oh movie. yeah, and by far. Yeah, he's the only one I remember. <laughs> yeah, that, and that's... he's the only one I really know his na- the name of the actor. None of the other movie. actors I don't yeah. think are like maybe Bernard. I don't know. None of these people are like people who are like anything amazing. Yeah. In terms of like their career, but Jeff Bridges obviously you know an exceptional career, right? Hmm. For the most, I mean, yeah, and yeah, he, anybody who went on to do a bunch of stuff with the Cohen brothers is probably good. That's what I say. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so Brad Pitt, George Clooney, you know, anybody who does stuff with the Coens is good. Uh, we've never done a Cohen brothers movie on here, isn't that hard to believe? Yeah, and after all the times you talk about it, we I have no idea how the we Coen have. The Coen brothers are one of some of my favorite. I mean, I don't even. I guess you consider them a singular director, even though there's two of them. It's like the Russo brothers. Yeah, they're they're my fa- some of my favorites, probably top top three or four. Just I've also there's only a few directors that I've watched enough movies to be like confident enough in saying that they're one of my favorites. Uh, style it was pretty much fits into cinematography in that a lot of the animation kind of takes away from it at this point, but we know it's revolutionary. At but the time, <laughs> at what cost? Yeah. I'll just repeat the same thing. The score. I feel like this is a little bit of a contentious area because this. I think the score in the second movie is so much better because Daft Punk did it. Yeah, I don't. I. I think it sounds weird. A yeah, because it's so, a lot more uh, orchestr- 
orchestral orchestral yeah so. but it also has like that the weird like noise that you would hear in like like low budget tv shows or something like that have you ever noticed oh, that yeah, 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 like yeah. Ding, 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 ding. something like that i think the um i think the theme of it like that goes dun 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 which they carry on to the next movie like uh flint like makes that noise where he when he uh gives his son sam the toy or whatever so but like continuity. i think i think that that sound is like a nice sound but like the rest of the background is just very like unmemorable and not really that good and it, it sounds it sounds almost low budget in my opinion but yeah the whole thing looked a little lo- lower budget than it probably was yeah because i'm sure they dump like 90 i mean i don't 90% know percent of their budget i don't know how much 17, 17 million really is in ni- 1980 but it seems like I expected the budget to be a lot higher yeah. than that. But they probably it was a lot of it in CGI mm-hmm. because it didn't sure didn't seem like they put a lot of money into the other, like, costuming and everything else. Mm-hmm. Okay. Or makeup. <laughs> or <laughs> I'm joking. I'm joking. Or uh, how about choreography? I think this was also pretty not great. No. Nah, because there were scenes where they were, like, fighting the people and it just looked really, like, it's I kind of dumb. I, I mean, it, it, it's somewhat realistic from what you'd expect from, like, people that don't, like, necessarily fight for a living or anything like that. Like, I guess if you just, true. like, brought random people on, like, a playing field and were like, okay, go kill each other, I think I think the movements would be pretty awkward. But Maybe. I did like the one scene where they were standing on t- the two targets and then they were fighting each other and they had to throw it at the ceiling and then hit yeah. the other side. Yeah, yeah, it, yeah might that like, cool. it might be somewhat anticlimactic. And no, that was so cool. I would, oh, the only no, thing no, is there was no, no, like mu- overall, there was no yeah. music during that whole sequence. Yeah, yeah. It was yeah, just we, silent. I, so it was a little awkward, but uh, I don't know. Maybe that's how movies were back in the day. What do you think about like the like sound effects of like the footsteps which were just like you you'd hear like, like weird reverb mm. on it? I did not notice that. Like... Like the, can you you remember like the noise the the ball made when it was hitting the ceiling? It was just like it was like footsteps, but it was like lowered the quality and like increased the reverb a lot. I did not realize. So it that. made like oh. very nasally noises. Huh. Uh, I wish that I under I could I paid attention enough to the sound textures to add something to this conversation, <laughs> but I can't. So on a letter scale, what, where would you guys put this movie? I'd uh, probably give it a C plus. I I was thinking C plus, but I kind of went more down to C minus. I was thinking about it. I don't know. Somewhat, maybe I'll just go C, just a C. I give it a C plus. <laughs> okay. It's yep. to me, it's average. Yeah, I would agree. And I slightly above average. The slightly C+. above average. Yeah. So okay, so we're 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 pretty close in terms of how what we thought about it. Mm-hmm. Um, Britta moments with Britta. Harry, that was the most down-to-earth one that we've done. Spoken word, I guess. So, um, there's a lot of plot holes kind of in this movie, right? And a lot of things that I didn't like. Yeah, we oh, kind of I could bring up so many plot we holes. We kind of went over a lot of them, like... Why do we even have this section? Because we talk about them a lot, but sometimes we need it. I guess it just depends on the movie. Sometimes it serves its purpose, sometimes it doesn't. Alright, I'll bring a plot hole that bothers me all the time. So, they have programs, like... And when they write these programs, they're just like talking to them like they're like on a radio or something like that like they're talking to them and and programs don't really work like that they're not like they're not like in like entities or whatever that that like control like a big environment that's not kind of yeah how like when he went on the board and he said pass he literally just typed in password override or yeah. something like that and it worked and then he just typed the password 
yeah and then like and it's like uis don't exist or anything like because he was like because he had to actually type password and then like colon like because in the 80s they had stuff like username and password or they wouldn't usually username might not have been a thing but like they would have password dialog boxes where you could click and put in your password you didn't have to type password or whatever like that but um but yeah i don't i guess i guess the idea was that they had because back then they would use they use like dos a lot and so if you use dos you, when you you think about it you don't think of like a user interface you can think of it more as oh we've simplified it so you can literally just talk to it so but and i guess you could do that with a voice like i guess you could technically type something out to siri if you like use tap to edit but it's just not very uh efficient practical yeah so and also didn't like how the programs were like mere images of the user that created them because like what if you created like multiple programs like would you just have like a lot of clones of yourself i don't know and they and they think independently and that kind of stuff i don't know it just didn't make a lot of sense to me no they just let it they just let it happen for the plot yeah or stuff to happen yeah and, like, they, and they they did not they did not uh, bring that over and this is what i imagine the exact board meeting Dude, let's put lasers in this. Dude, let's put spaceships in this, bro. We should put some. We should make it like a grid world, dude. It's like so trippy. Yeah. Dude, that would be so cool. Dude, if we get these like motorcycles, but they're like they ride on like light. It made ninety degree turns. Imagine when they came up with that, dude. It's like it's like a motorcycle, but it can make ninety degree turns. What are we gonna call these, like? bikes that have like light coming out of them a light cycle <laughs> it sounds like if i was like a, a nine-year-old making a sci-fi thing like yeah. this would be the stuff that i would come up with my my alternate versions of star wars were kind of like this they <laughs> you had light. oh yeah <laughs> i i could go through you know the plots oh not really actually i kind of forget <laughs> But they involved lightsabers Probably that were better. like different colors because that was like and now, and now they are wow. now they it, did very that. innovative, very and, innovative. And, and like and like there there was like light spears, you know, like instead of just lightsabers. I ben, like ben, a lot of somewhere. the thing is like Ben's not alone. There have been millions of fan fiction things out there. So. <laughs> yeah, I just never wrote them uh, down. I were all like in my head, or I play I played them. Fan out. fiction role played me. them. Fan fiction can get scary. Yeah. Hopefully yeah. nobody makes movie vault fan fiction. Oh my yeah, God. please don't do that. <laughs> I feel like now by saying that we're like asking for it. Uh, please send it to movie vault pod. We do not need we do yeah, not need if fan you art. Have to make it, send it to us though. Um, <laughs> there's there's some kind of fan arts we don't want to see. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so the stock market. I guess I think we're all in agreement that the only person we're investing in would invest in would be Jeff Bridges. I wouldn't. Yeah. And maybe the con you wouldn't. No. I, I guess I wouldn't have just based on this. I movie. would invest in CGI because obviously this yeah. is an improvement <laughs> from. Ten I would invest I in would. Tron as yeah. a concept. I think. Yeah. I think I would see. I think I'd be like the Disney execs and be like, I see a lot of potential in. This. Yeah, that's exactly what they did. Is they were like, okay, we're gonna buy the rights and make this movie. They probably bought it for like a minimal price but yeah i don't know can you are you can you can you find how much they bought the rights to it or i can i can see if i can find it i don't i don't i yeah that's no, kind of like hard information released to find. by disney ten dollars it was originally zero dollars yeah it's the, the first one was the release by Disney. I didn't know that. So, so they didn't even. They just have. So they already have the they rights. Just, so they yeah. just lucked into it, kind of. That's interesting. I didn't see Disney written anywhere on that movie, but 
No, that's the thing. I don't remember. It must have been like some. It might have been a company that was I bought by Disney. I guess since we watched it on Disney Plus, though, it might have just kind of we just kind of forget about it because it's like on. Disney I, I bet some. I bet the business was bought out by Disney. That might be what happened. Yeah, maybe, maybe, maybe that's what the case. But either way, wouldn't have invested much. All right. So final conclusions on the movies, guys. On the movie. It was nostalgic to me who hasn't seen it before. Still nostalgic though. <laughs> but uh. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. It's just, it's, just like, like, it's just like there. That's, yeah. that, that's the main thing. I think it's. I think if a lot of people watched the newer movie, I think the newer movie was maybe more of a hit. It was actually not as big of a hit as you would have thought it would be, but I, I thought it was a great movie. But You hear a lot about Tron, but like Tron's a side character in this movie. Kind of. I think that Tron amusement park rides at Disney are more popular than Tron's movie. <laughs> yeah, or the yeah. franchise. Like, yeah. Yeah, like, you hear a lot about Tron, and, and there's, like, the video games that you can play on the bikes. I think those are kind of popular. Or like but I then you see this, and you're like, this is what it is? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, I think I've seen people play, like, Tron Light Cycle. I would say, like, I feel like I've watched a lot of movies that require, like, a lot of thinking and deep thinking and require you to, like, try to be intelligent. So Ben, But I feel like tonight. I was so dumb, and I couldn't understand this movie. Mm. Like, that's kind of how I feel. I, I, I felt I like as I was watching it, I was, like, I was seeing people move and i was seeing things happen but i wasn't really understanding them it's i think it's not really your fault in that sense because like it's it wasn't because you weren't like grasping the concepts of like some guy like riding a motorcycle right <laughs> but no, it was, I, yeah. it's more to do with like the storytelling of it wasn't like that like i don't know it wasn't that easy to understand what was happening just because it might have not been told in a perfect way and when yeah. i say might it wasn't so yeah yeah. So next week, uh, guess what movie we're watching? Oh, we haven't decided yet. <laughs> and we might have a guest on where we might not. Who knows? Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, so yeah, I guess it's time to close the vault. David, do you want to close the vault? I sure would. All right. Oh, oh. All right. Let me run out real quick. All right. Let me hit the button. Scooter.